Welcome to Genius Leadership Podcast, where we discuss how to overcome everything as a leader. I'm your host, Anna Liebel, a mind shifter, helping male leaders in tech get out of the firefighting mode, become the proactive leaders they want to be, and enjoy the ride as they go. Join me every week for honest, insightful conversations with corporate, entrepreneurial, and academic leaders. We discuss their roller coaster ride of leading from their zone of genius and when they don't. If you find this show valuable, please subscribe and share it so that more of us can live a healthier and happier life. Now, let's get into the episode. Genius Leader, welcome to part three of my conversation with Jonas Freud about our concept of Mind Kicker Iceland edition. This time we talk about the experiences of the first group of participants who took part in Mind Kicker 2021. And we recorded this episode directly after that, so it was still quite fresh uh, impression and, uh, from that experience for Jonas and me. So I do want to remind you that you are invited to look at the information about the camp for next year, January 2024. I will provide the link in the show notes to all the information about where we are, what we are, and what we do. So I'll get going there. And I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something about yourself from us sharing experiences of ourselves and our first Icelandic Mind Kicker alumni. And see you on the other side. Hi, Jonas. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. So it's the part three of three um, of our discussion about mind kicking and mind shifting based on the concept that you have developed with Rebecca and you've done in Sweden, in the castle, and then now we've done in Iceland in January this year. And we'll discuss a lot of things, how the concept was created, what's behind it, how you decided to combine the non-unique parts into a unique combination. What are the learnings from your previous castle editions and from our Icelandic edition, which we have seen as a journey for our mind kickers here in Iceland. And today we will be talking about one of the things that came up a lot during three days together with our mind cookie group. And that was about the emotions and feelings and how little we do it in our daily life and how we are how badly we often are equipped for doing that. So let's discuss why is it happening and what can we do to actually improve our toolbox or make it uh, broader so that we actually have tools for feeling our feelings. So Jonas, what was your biggest takeaway about that topic or observation when it comes to our uh, group? Uh, yeah, thank you for asking me about that. Um, my reflection on that one was actually like, first of all, English is like not my native language. So I actually understood and got the insight that the vocabulary is really, really important to put uh, like a word of your feelings uh, within mm. my native language that is Swedish. Then I don't have any problems to put a word on my feelings. Uh, the emotion that I can feel in my body is much easier when you're a native, but I also mm. been training a lot to actually have a, like a defined word of my emotions and feelings. And when I can understand and put the words that my brain uh, understand, 
then it's connecting together with my like brain and my body like we saw in our group in iceland it was like the same thing of course english is not the native language for none of us who was joining the group here this time but we understood that we need the word on our emotions and then it's easier to work with that so that was my reflection on that part that it comes up a lot when we got the group tight and uh, trustful and so on and it popping up about emotion and I re- reckon that in Sweden as well the Swedish group is as well are not working on it but in that environment it was so easily to to grow because you got in a safe environment and you you could talk to people that you knew that you not will meet on Monday morning again so that's why I think was the biggest thing that I understood in this group as mm. well and that's a very very valuable insight Jonas thanks for sharing because as you said we if we don't have a word for it it's difficult to to go through it and that's why this episode is called uh, feel with your brain because we are nowadays so much in our brains we we work intellectually our hobbies are intellectual and we don't connect the emotions to it and by that many people think that they become numb they don't feel anything they just think but the problem the, the the reality is that they still feel it but without having the labels for it in the intellectual part of the body of the soul they don't then don't realize that they're actually feeling those feelings and that's why it's important to give the labels and to enrich in our vocabulary and as you said uh, we we have limited vocabulary for the emotions and quite often and actually there are thousands and thousands of words in the english language for emotions and how many are we using on a daily or weekly basis maybe a handful most people are at that level and that doesn't mean that you only feel the handful of uh, emotions or feelings it's actually much richer broader spectrum but we don't know those shadows we don't, it is like seeing the, wo- the world in black and white or just having three colors versus having all the whole spectrum of the colors and actually talking about colors that, that's a very interesting fact that the color blue has been appearing in most of languages latest so usually uh, when the language develops you, you first see uh, the traces or the dimensions of the colors black and white and then the red starts appear- appearing and then yellow and green either green and yellow or yellow green depending on the on the language develops somehow in the language and only then comes the color blue and we're talking about these four plus black and white because those are the essential colors and the research has shown that people just didn't see blue <laughs> as long as they didn't have the the word for it and they still they did those studies on the um, ingenious uh, tribes that still don't have any word for blue nowadays and those people had difficulties differentiating green and blue they found it easier to differentiate between different shades of green rather than between green and blue and that shows that our brain if it doesn't have the label for something it's difficult for us to perceive it even though it exists in the world 
And it's the same with our emotions. If we don't have a label for it, it's very difficult for us to actually feel it and analyze it. So it is in the body, but it just feels stuck there. And that's what we want to actually work on today in this in this conversation. First, bring your awareness that you actually have much broader spectrum and richer variety of feelings and emotions in you. They are in you. You're not numb. You have them. What you need to do is to actually enrich in your vocabulary to get some tools to see the spectrum, to feel it, and to actually process it somehow. Yeah, I, I really loved uh, that you introduced me about that uh, studies about the color of blue. And uh, it amazed me, like, yeah, I have been trying to, like, mind hacking and biohacking myself so, for so long. And, you know, when we do that, like, uh, exercise of, uh, like, just listen to me talking about the lemon, uh, just describing the color and uh, everything else about the lemon, and then everybody starts to like uh, tasting it. And I understood, like, yeah, the same thing that we talked about before. It's like we just stay in the brain too much. And when we were young, uh, probably like a lot of feelings that we felt were taken away from the adult. So that's why we just saw like, okay, I stay in my brain, uh, that hurts, that's uh, I will cry for, and so on. So, so that's why we stayed on to explore what the body says, what the feeling of the body to the brain, and understand that you actually have much more. You disappeared for a moment, so I didn't hear the, the second part of the, sent- of the previous sentence. Could you please repeat? Okay, so now I just what I, I was like reflecting on uh, all the people I have met and asked about the feelings and thoughts. And that's what I was like trying to explore and uh, discover like, why are we thinking so much but not feeling so much? And that's what I came to the clue was like a lot of like when you grow up. A lot of adults take you away the feelings that you actually wanted to feel when you were young. So I had like a story that I telling a lot of people like an adult were like talking to me. We had a conversation and it's a coaching conversation. So after a while, he started crying because he understood that he'd been living with his mom's feelings all his years. And the story was like when he was six years old, he got the, like a plastic tractor in the sandbox in his head and he started to cry. But here that voice, stop crying. It doesn't hurt. And that was his mother's feelings. So he'd been living through that feeling all his adult year. And then he just came to the insight. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not living my, by my own feelings. I've been living by my mother's feelings. So, so that was an insight that I understood as well. So that's what uh, I wanted to describe in what I saw in this group in Iceland, but also the other groups that I've been doing in Sweden with the castle. Hey, Genius Leader, I'm chiming in here quickly to ask you to do one thing for me. If you're enjoying this episode, share it with one person who you think would find it valuable as well. 
Let's spread the goodness together so that more people can play within their zone of genius. Yeah, thanks for the story, Jonas. And the thing is that we as parents and relatives want the best for our kids, right? And we want to minimize their pain. But sometimes it turns around in, in the way like you were saying about this client of yours. And I, I'm very aware of that. And I, I just want to give permission to all of you now listening that it's okay to feel, whether it's negative or it's positive um, emotion. And example from my life, when my, my daughter is three years old now, and in the beginning when she was half year or a year trying to learn how to walk or crawl before that, when I would be uh, having calls, video calls with my my family back in Ukraine, they would see that she would stumble and fall down and hurt herself somewhere and she would start crying. And my mom would start trying to distract her, like making different sounds and trying to get her attention and say like, it's okay, it's okay, you don't need to cry, I don't know. And I just stopped my mom at some point, so like, it's okay, she just hurt herself, it's okay to cry then because it hurts. And like, I didn't go deeper in that. I just tried to d- derive the conversation with my mom and let my daughter cry. And I supported her and I just held space for her. Like, yeah, it hurts, I understand. And, and like, of course, you're sad because of that. So giving her labels to understand what's going on right now. And then afterwards, without my daughter, daughter's present, I explained to her, like, I want her to feel her feelings and, and I want to normalize it, that it's, it's fine. It's natural reactions of her body and she needs to be tuned into those. So... Dear genius leaders listening, really give yourself permission to feel your feelings. That's the first step. Yeah. Really get yeah. used that it's it's okay to feel what, whatever comes up. And then try to learn how to navigate those feelings, how to process through them, how to go through them in a healthy way. But the first step is really giving yourself permission. Yeah. It's really nice to hear that you're telling me as well your insights about that. So I believe people need to be able to put down their emotions and feelings more to navigate like you said and that's the key to understand yourself and make it uh, like more spectrum about your like you're saying like the feelings and uh, understand because i believe same like we talked about like one feeling that is like so common today is like fear and i talked about like so many times about fear it's like um, always almost always when i asking the person deeply like where comes the fear from and then it's like the first voice uh, you heard as a young kid exploring that snake or exploring that spider and then you hear the first voices of an adult and mostly time is the parent to watch out because it's dangerous and then i talk to like kids in the teenager and ask them like what are you afraid of and they are like explaining the spider or the snake and then it's like why are you afraid of it and then they don't know and then after some more why then they understood like, yeah, it come from my dad or my mom or my grandmother who prevented me to explore and discover and be curious about that snake or spider. Mm-hmm. And that's what I reckon the most people that I coach to who has challenges, but it's the background of the environment around them. And your story is the same. But mm-hmm. so 
that's my take. It's it's a very good uh, point as well, Jonas. That question: Are the feelings I'm feeling my feelings? It's the same as we discussed in the previous episode about the belief, uh, the values. That sometimes when we do the value exercise with my clients or masterclass participants, and they come to back to me and say. I wrote down words that was not difficult, but then I realized those are not my words. I don't want to live by these values. They're the society, my parents, my my teachers, whatever. And that's the same here. Look at that. Am I really afraid of a snake? Am I really fearful of a spider? Or is it something that I was taught to believe? And actually, it's fine for me to, to meet one of those creatures. So this is a very good exercise as well, dear genius, genius leaders, to take and, and practice whenever you feel like you're scared of something think about it am i really scared of that or was i taught to do that and deep mm. within it's actually fine yeah i mean uh, it's training about everything for me like i mean we're talking about courage often as well but when people understand that courage is only like a muscle but you can train to be fearless as you were born you were born fearless, but you built up fear, and that's the strongest one. But then you can train the opposite way to be fearless. So much of this that we talking about and have the insight is like the same thing that we talked about the value, the value word personally, but also like in the corporate world, I visit a lot of corporate company that have the three words of value. And you meet the first employee and, and the whole body language and the person is not showing the attitude on that value words. Mm. But they have been, like you said, taught to just, okay, I can say all these free value words, but it doesn't mean anything for me, mm. but I want to keep my job. So I go for the value words. So mm. that I also see. So... I, I really want to dive into like really inventory yourself. Is it me or is it someone else feelings? That's like mm. the key. It's very important. And we wanted to also give our um, listeners a tool that we discuss a lot with our mind kickers. And they have been coming back to me and saying that this is really powerful. And we've been using it with our partners and we were using it on our own and so on. And that is the emotion wheel. You just Google emotion wheel. I'll also put one of the examples of those uh, in the show notes, uh, along with the video about the color blue, just that you can watch that story. It's an eight-minute video or so, but quite entertaining and very, very important, I think, to grasp the idea. So emotion wheel shows you, it's several circles one into in another. And the, the most inner circle is, let's say, five most used emotions that we were using. Angry, happy, sad, um, and so uh, and so on. And then each of them in the next ring of that circle is broken down into three, five more words. And then each of those is broken down further for one more level for three to five words. So what it gives you is that when you're saying angry, you can actually explore what, what shade of angry that is. And then you explore it further, what shade of that word that is. And that gives you the spectrum and it helps you process your emotions much easier because you know what exactly is bothering you right now or what exactly makes you happy so that you can actually replicate it, that you can uh, land into gratitude, land into feeling blessed and so on and so forth. So 
please look at the show notes and check out that or just Google emotion wheel, find the one that you like, print it out, do it as a screensaver, uh, put it on your fridge uh, or whatever. Just use that and practice, 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 enriching your vocabulary, getting the better understanding of what's going on within you. It is important to connect those two levels of emotional and intellectual. And as some people say that this is the longest half meter in the world between the heart and the brain. So start making that connection and it will really, really, really make your life much richer. And I want to wrap up with one more story, which is very, very timely for me right now when we record this. The potential war outbreak in Ukraine with the invasion from Russia is uh, on top of the mind for, for many Ukrainians around the world, and it's on, on, on the news globally. And this really keeps me reminding that life is both end. And I really want to normalize that. It's one of the biggest learnings from the last year for me, that it's okay and it's actually natural for us to feel everything at the same time. I can feel all the fear. I can feel the shame of being abroad while my country is in the need. I can have so many heavy feelings related to this situation. And at the same time, I can feel happy. Uh, I can feel grateful. I can be cheerful with my daughter. I can just have giggles with her while I still have tears in my eyes. And it's okay. It's so important to remember that you don't always have to choose. And again, take away permission from yourself to feel your feelings this way. Because if you're like, if I'm happy right now, I'm not supposed to be sad. Or if I have a reason to be sad right now, I'm, I'm not allowed to be happy. This is messing us in our lives and our relationships so badly when we don't give ourselves this permission. So this is another reminder that I want to send with you, dear genius leaders today. It's okay to feel both something positive and something negative and essential because you are a rich person. You have a rich soul and it can multitask in that way. <laughs> it can multi-feel. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, I really feel with you. Uh, when you're talking about the situation in Ukraine and your life and and that one, uh, but like when you and me we met, it was like also like um, yeah, I felt very strong for you, but also like I I make the choice of actually collaborate with you, but also like when you also talked about like happiness is a choice, and I really like like that and love that expression about yeah happiness is a choice because you come from your feelings and emotions and your thoughts but when you understand the the language of the brain and language of the body then you have to make a choice and then you can choose to be sad or you can be happy and for me it's aligned as well with that that how I want to live my life, how I want to share my life and wisdom to others who want to explore as well. Like, how can I make that choice so easy? Because they come to the end that like, that choice is so hard, Jonas. Yeah, in the beginning. But then you, then you have uh, sorted out and inventory your feelings, emotion, and you have a spectrum of it. Then you know, is it very strong emotion or is it like a weak emotion? And then your decision or your choice is easier on the way when you train. But it's like everyday training as well. Like you said, 
yeah, when I feel the feelings, when I open my fridge, for example, and an onion is missing in the fridge because I'm going to cook, yeah, I get the feelings. Of course, I'm human. But then I can make the choice like, huh, I don't care about that onion. I will manage to cook a really good meal anyway. So that's my choice. So it's easy for me, but I mean, I meet a lot of people who is getting frustrated for missing out that onion in the fridge. Mm. Yeah, that's a good example. That thing, it, it might sound ridiculous when you, you hear it from the side, but quite a lot of us are going through those motions. And I don't know about you, Jonas, but I'm human as well. And I get into those, <laughs> those emotions sometimes as well. But again, the power of self-leadership is that you you are so self-aware that you actually catch yourself on those patterns and you have the tools to turn around and you actually have the self-love to to accept yourself that way when you when you catch yourself on those moments of ridiculous reactions and you you can actually laugh about that with yourself so thanks for for the reminder Jonas and uh, let's just leave our listeners with that i'm really really grateful for what we're doing together and for this series as well of the episodes let's continue mind kicking and mind shifting together thank you for joining us for this episode of the genius leadership podcast if you enjoyed the conversation hit the subscribe button please rate review and share to help more people discover the show and become the better leaders For more conversations about living in your zone of genius, connect with me on LinkedIn. Genius Leadership is an honors conversation about leading yourself and others. And it is my honor to be a guide in overcoming everything.